Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Nigga. Yeah. It's alright, already the show goes on all night. Till uh. the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they will see the thunder? Just remember when you come to the show. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the always pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 2021 Charles Schwab Challenge at the Colonial Country Club, where we've seen that many, many times. And we'll get into that in a bit, but you can find myself on Twitter at BDNTrick, the podcast at Always Press DFS, and my co host, as always, on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm kind of jealous after I sat and really thought about what you got to do this past week. That's a lot of golf on a really good golf course, so I'm yeah. really jealous. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm dragging today. Played a lot of golf. Didn't watch didn't watch a lot of golf until yesterday. But you know, I don't understand. I still don't get it, man. Which which part of it? How, how Phil won? How fucking <laughs> Phil Mickelson can win that golf tournament? I was like, I was so I'm like you. I was sitting there going, "How did this happen?" At the same time, I was like, "This is freaking awesome." Like oh, it's, it was great, it was so awesome because, and I told like I talked about in the Slack chat, like we talked about different winning lineups, and I said, "Hey, whoever played Phil, more power to you." There was no chance he was coming in any of my lineups, not any chance. I could have had 150 max, and he might have hit maybe like three or four. Like there's no way he was playing. I mean, the the thing about Phil, so like he, he had that really good round. What was it? He went the 64th to Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. So you kind of see a little bit of a flash there. He's figured something. I mean, he goes 75, 76, 76. Yeah. I mean, his finish is 69th miscut, 21st miscut, 25th, 23rd. I mean, what tells you anywhere that he's going to like even top 10? Yeah. And a major. Wild. Well, he's 200. It was 200 to one. Some places 300 to one, depending yeah. on when you got your line. And you saw some of those things getting posted out there. And uh, I saw David Purdom, who I think he still works for ESPN, but he does the Vegas stuff. And, um, he said when Tiger won the Masters, it was one of the biggest books, like hit the books I've ever taken. Right. This is a very close second. Really? So a lot of people put a lot of money on they, Phil. They, it. It had to be live though, right? I mean, because nobody... A like, lot it, of the slips that were posted on Twitter, real or fake, that's up for debate. But um, <laughs> you, you saw like people put a hundred, a couple hundred bucks down on these 200 to ones. Like guys were winning 30,000 plus, some in six figures. It's freaking nuts. Yeah. I mean, I, you know... When he was leading, I kept saying, well, I kept telling everybody, like, just wait, give it time. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm like seeing this same, song like and the, dance. It's like we're in the same room. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing this song and dance. And then, I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable. I mean, it was awesome, but it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah I was with uh, one of our my buddies who always made fun of us for liking and playing golf, all of a sudden now plays golf with us. And it really made us laugh that we were we finished up a little nine-hole skins on Friday afternoon, and he goes, "Hey, put the at the pro shop or in the little shop out area outside the pro shop." Goes, "Hey, put the PGA on. It's still on." I'm like, what did you just say? He's like, "He's all Phil and Brooks are, are both kind of hanging around up top." I'm like, "Who the hell are you right now?" <laughs> but uh, he's like, "This is awesome." I said, "Yeah." And I did the same thing. Just wait. Like, this is great. He's doing it. We've seen him do it for a round or two, but the implosion's coming. Like, he's gonna have the blowups, and at this course, it'll eat your lunch. Like, it's coming. Even when he hit bad shots, he scrambled his way to goodness. Yeah, like the, lo- the longest golf course in major history, a fifty-year-old just won. Yeah. It's bananas. Did you see that drive he hit on the back nine there? I think it was on the last par five, the sixteenth. Where he outdrove Brooks. Yes, dude. It was first off. Like I see Brooks hit his, and I tweet out something like, 
Brooks just like said, okay, come get it, big. Like I'm coming to like eagle this hole, and then Phil just bombs away, is right past it. Yeah. I think someone said it was 177 miles an hour. One was 179. Two, longest drive of the week at that hole. I know it's amazing. I mean, I know the wind was at their back, whatever, but I still, don't care. <laughs> I don't either. That's a bomb. I mean, that's just especially when you have a two to three stroke after it. You have a two to three stroke lead, and you said, "I don't care." Like you could have played that so safe, so safe. He's like, "Nope." <laughs> I don't think so, it would have made it better is if it was a, a past Bryson. Yeah, yeah, that'd have been great. Bombs over bombs, but um, <laughs> it was just nuts seeing everything he did. Uh, I thought of you so much on uh, eighteen there, where he basically said, "I'm going to go hit the grandstands." Like I'm taking the water and everything, or the bunkers out of play. I went straight to the people in the grandstands. I'm like, <laughs> Jesse's got to be loving this. <laughs> Why would you not aim it down the left? Like if I'm playing yeah. that hole, I'm aiming at the grandstand down the left. Yep. That's exactly Is there out of bounds there? No. Nope. I mean, like that hole, that's really a ridiculous setup to me, in my opinion, but. They didn't ask for my opinion, so that's why you get you get shit like that. And uh, but yeah, I mean, dude, and it, it was just an insane scene. Yes, I'm assuming that people just said "fuck you." We're yeah, going, oh, yeah. we're going across the line here, and we it, don't care. It's one of those like you, you've been at an event. There's like maybe one security guard every hundred to two hundred yards. So maybe in the last group, they kind of consolidate, and you have one every twenty five to thirty yards. You still ain't stopping those people. Yeah. It, it, it was that's a scene. Like, someone said it best. It's like a scene out of Happy Gilmore when they're marching up eighteen on Happy Gilmore. Well, you know, you remember the uh, the uh, PJ Tour Championship, the when Tiger won it, uh, two thousand eighteen. Mm-hmm. Remember that scene when he was walking yeah. down him and Justin Rose. Justin Rose won the the uh, FedEx Cup or whatever, but t- t- Tiger, Tiger won, won that. It. Yeah. yeah. It was just weird though because, for many reasons, but apparently COVID's over, so that's good. Uh, I'm just watching. It. Like I kept wanting to type so many things on Twitter, but you know people don't have a sense of humor but anymore. He, but, listen, it has not even existed in the South since. It oh, started. I know it's fine, but like sitting here in California, we're like one of the three states that still has a mask mandate. I'm like, oh, this is freaking awesome! Like, like you see, you see, the, you see the garden on uh, Saturday night or whatever Sunday, and then you see this. I'm like, ah, COVID's over, but. Uh, that's cool, but it it was weird though because I like the crowd thing was fine. I was shocked that literally it engulfed the golfers. Yeah. Like they're on Phil's back. Brooks yeah. the guys were like hitting his knee and he felt like uncomfortable. I'm like, that's when like hello, that's a little too freaking much, people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was surprised when they got when they when they completely took him over. Like as I figured they were just walking at the front of the group and then all of a sudden you're like Wait, where in the fuck are the golfers? Mm-hmm. And they're already around the green, and there's no golfers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it was a weird situation. Uh, yeah, I feel. I mean, you know, as far as yeah, I'd be pissed off too if I was Brooks. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's not he's not going to win the tournament, but he could make a birdie there and make a shit ton more money than what he made. I mean, well, I know he made a million dollars, but still, he was well, in the top for a second. And what if he messes up his knee again? And now he's out of the U.S. Open in three weeks. Yeah, well, like little little minor things like that. Let's talk about Brooks for a second, because yeah, it's big dick energy. Like I, you know, I wanted nothing more than to have him finish that thing out. Well, I, I was actually rooting for Phil, believe it or not. Um, but I'm just like, it, what would you make you play? Because we talked about it last week. What would make mm-hmm. you play Brooks on DraftKings or bet him after what you had seen? over the last few weeks out of him and the fact that he's limping around and then he comes out and does that, like I, it just blows my mind. I, I, I guess that literally he just has a flip switch, a, a switch. He flips yep. for majors. That's the only thing I can figure out because it makes no sense to me. Yeah. They, they showed the stat that um, he has finished, I think in the top five and 39.2% of his majors. Only tiger woods has been better. Well, he's sixty. He's sixty shots better than DJ, who's in second place since two thousand seventeen. 
in major championships. He's 84 under par. DJ's like 20-something under par. So 60 talk- shots better. Big game hunting. We, we we say it all the time, but it's like it's legit when you look at all the numbers. And I and you know it sucks because we 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 said it like why would you play Brooks with this that and the other? And I still kind of, I stand by it, but it's just like now at the U.S. Open I'll probably have some Brooks and he's gonna shoot like seven over right. and not even make the cut. Hundred so, percent. That's definitely happening. Go ahead and yeah, pencil that, that one in. now. Yeah. But it's it, it was awesome to see because I, I just love it. Like Sunday was a rough day for him. You could tell he was really having some issues out there, like hitting the golf ball. But um, up till Saturday, he had that swagger. He had that. He was just walking around going, if you let me hang around, Phil, it ain't going to end well for you. But it, it's kind of it's kind of like what he did at the U.S. Open with Gary Woodland. He was right there, and then he kind of fell apart on Sunday where it's like literally Brooks could have a couple more majors if he just plays like even to like one or two under on Sundays right yeah. now. It's yeah. crazy. I know. But uh, the other thing with Phil, and I don't want to talk too much more about Phil, but just one of the crazy stats, he finished what? Was it was it eight under he finished? Seven? Eight under? Seven. I believe it was seven, yeah. Seven under. He made 22 birdies. The most he's ever made in a major. Most he's ever oh, made in a major. A lot of birdies at, at that golf course. That's too. a lot of birdies, too. But that's what tells you. What that, it, oh. But that's his mentality. I'm going all six. or nothing. He finished six. Yeah. Oh, six that week? Yeah, he finished six for the, the week. Most yeah. for, most for him, then. But, no, no, uh, no, he finished six under. Oh, 600. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so that's he had 16 over 16, bo- 16 bogeys or doubles, whatever, or yeah, whatever, you know. That's crazy. That's just a stat. When I saw that, I'm like, 22 birds. Okay, cool. Oh, wait, he's only six under? <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap. That just tells you like the ups and down roller coaster ride. But side note, and like we could literally talk about this all day and we can if you want. I really don't care because it was, it was major golf at its finest. It was absolutely amazing. Like we haven't had tournaments like this in a long time. But that golf course, amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, everything about it, just every time I turn the TV on, it looked beautiful. I'm a big greens fan. The greens looked amazing. Um, I like the fact when I, I play in a place where every two o'clock in the afternoon, the wind starts and goes anywhere from 10 to 30 miles an hour every day. You never know what you're going to get. So I'm used yeah. to the wind. But on uh, the ocean, all that stuff, I, I love everything about that golf course. It needs to be in a major rotation somewhere way more than like every 11 or 12 years. Yeah, I do think uh... – it, it could play just a touch harder. And I think, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say like that it it should, but I don't know. I just, I also just have an issue with Phil Mickelson winning a major at 50, but um, <laughs> it is tough. It is tough. Like the, on the fairways paper, were massive, but I, I totally get why. Cause I actually played with a guy this past week um, who went to the college of Charleston and he said he's played this golf course a hundred times. And I was like, are the fairways always like, yeah, they're huge, but he's like, the the wind is always blowing across so it's super hard to hit everything because you're always dealing with a 20 30 mile an hour wind so you know i get it but i mean 600 wins it's not a terrible score i wish i could watch more of it but yeah i'm with you and i I think sunday didn't do it justice necessarily with the kind of wind switch yeah that's what i was looking for i was trying to find a stat uh i I saw it earlier the wind switched on sunday and they showed the difference in the like the whole yeah. the wind was behind them. It was just a crazy, just total yeah, it was switch. Like fourteen hundred over par versus yeah Sunday twenty seven hundred par or something. It was it was crazy, but um, the ESPN coverage was pretty good for the most part. Like Scott Van Pelt is the, he's just the greatest at pretty much everything he does. Just let him have the mic and let him go. Uh, CBS is still CBS. So he's a big that, he's a big Higgs guy. Did you did you hear that part? That's where we were gonna gonna go with this. Is uh, <laughs> I tweeted you yesterday about it because I thought it was fun. Our boy Higgs just got into the Masters. Yeah. Uh, like, can you imagine? Because we'll have fans back. Right. And, like, the par three tournament with Higgs and the glasses and the hair just flowing. Like, 
he might have a cocktail in hand for that. <laughs> I'm surprised that he played so well. I mean, like out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. He hasn't been playing that great. No, that was golf, wild. man. That's golf, but uh, that was fun. There's a couple other big finishes that kind of surprised me. You look at the leaderboard, it was all said and done. You're just like, whoa, where did they come from? Oh, where did they come from? Like, that is because so much carnage, and you're just kind of focusing on the guys up top. And, you know, it, it was wild. But uh, also, bookmark for next time around, just play as South Africans. That's like Bezenhut, Grace, and um, Usti. They were all in it till late, and then the Oost, or um, Bez kind of fell apart, and Grace did his thing, but Usti was still there. So, with the Irish guys, Lowry and, and Padre grew up there. Yeah. So, well, I like Lowry a lot. I didn't have any idea of Podrick, but yeah, Lowry. It's just something about those links golf with the weather makes Wind, you have to want man. makes you, makes you want to check the box. Can Phil do the the open next year? Just throwing it out there. <laughs> it's gonna be weird but um all right we've talked about this enough like we could literally go through yeah. the talk about all the players here and there's some great golf lastly is ricky back or not no okay i, I want to get that on the table it, right now it's <laughs> funny one of my buddies texted me there he's like ricky's back and uh i was like no and he's like where he belongs congratulating the winner <laughs> you see rom cut in front of him that gets the first <laughs> hug and then Strumlin get left hanging yes. that's one of the best walks ever <laughs> God, Phil. <laughs> oh, Phil's just fig jam, man. Oh, yes, it's it's amazing. But yeah, okay, we'll leave it at that. Uh, so much, so much cool stuff. There's other podcasts that will just do a full recap. So go listen to those. But let's talk about some DFS for the week. The Charles Schwab Challenge at the Colonial Country Club. We've got a lot of event history here. So what do you got? Uh, so yeah, last year, um, this is like one of the first events back. Uh, it was, I believe, the first event back. Was it the first? I believe so. Uh, Daniel Berger. So the, the good thing about this tournament is it's not left colonial ever. Has it? No, it's been there since like 46 or something. Yeah. So it's yeah. been the same golf course, uh, colonial country club there in, uh, somewhere in Texas. Anyways, um, Daniel Berger, uh, won last year in a playoff 15 under over Colin Morikawa. Uh, Kevin Nall was the 2019 champion, 13 under four shots over Tony Finau. Uh, Justin Rose was the 2018 champion, 20 under, three shots over Brooks. Uh, Kevin Kisner, which speaking of Kevin Kisner, have you seen yeah. how many miss? Have you, have you seen how many miss cuts he's got in a row? Yeah, it's 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 been a rough go. Um, we're talk we're, about him. Here, I, yeah, I got him on my list to talk about later because of his price. But yeah, uh, ten under, one shot over Sean O'Hare, John Rom, and Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth, 2016 champion, 17 under, three shots. Over Harris English, Chris Kirk was the 2015 champion, 12 under, one shot over Jason Bone, Sneds, and Spieth. Adam Scott's won this. Uh, Zach Johnson's won it twice. Phil Mickelson's won this golf tournament twice. Speaking of which, I'm surprised Phil hasn't withdrew, but I'm still waiting for it. I, I, it's got to be coming. Like Pardon he was the way he was the way he literally said he was lit on Twitter last night on the plane. Um, yeah, he's he's got to be feeling pretty good right Did, about now. Have you seen? I don't know if and you probably haven't seen this, but this Twitter interaction between JT and, and Phil just kind of encapsulate encapsulates Phil so perfectly. JT tweets one last thing from yesterday. Uh, at Phil Mickelson used a claw grip on 17 on that short putt, which they mentioned on the the broadcast. Never saw him do that before. Perfect example. It doesn't matter how to get it done. just matters getting it done. Comfort knowing you can do something in that moment means. Phil goes, nice catch. The ball rolled into a low area, and I wanted to launch it higher, so it didn't push into the ground and shoot offline. The claw allows me to angle the shaft vertical and eliminate my forward press. <laughs> and so JT goes, your answer is the least surprising thing I've heard today. Never change, <laughs> Phil. 
it's funny because there's a lot of Twitter interactions between Dahman and Higgs and all kinds of other guys. They still love Phil. Like we kind of get, we, we're kind of like Phil's the old guy that needs to go play on the senior tour. But it's also why we believe that he should be on the mic like every Saturday and Sunday. He's he's grown on me a lot. But. Yeah, he is with me too. There's a point there where I've had enough of him, but now it's just like he wears the the shades and he is yeah. like has a complete like you said fig jam, and yeah. it's just like let's go play golf. And I, I'm kind of there for that now. Yes, yeah. so, uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, Colonial Country Club is where they'll play golf this week for the, every year since 1946, as we talked about since they've had this tournament. Uh, it's a par 70, 7,209 yards, a little over 7,200 yards. I believe this is where Jordan Spieth lives, or it's his home course, basically. So there's a reason he plays well here, plus the Texas narrative, which you get for a lot of people at this event. Uh, Bentgrass Greens, the greens are a little below average in size. Uh, they don't run super quick. They're not slow, but with the uh, wind always in Texas, you can't go crazy. But uh, you know, below average size greens, so kind of um, scrambling comes into play from time to time. Uh, the par threes are all over 190, so you have to have a good uh, long par three type game, long iron game in that regards. Uh, with the par 70, there's two par fives. One of them is three or 635 yards, so it's like you're not even angling that one. So it's a three-shot par five. Um, there's seven par fours under 430 yards, so wedges will be very important on most of those holes. Uh, tight fairways, lots of dog legs. So it, the way it lays out feels like you're almost playing a Pete die the way they make you hit it to certain spots. Uh, you can't just go bombs away. They said last year that went, the guys went bombs away because there's no fans there. Once there's fans and grandstands, it takes away a lot of the bombs away approach. So keep that in mind if you're looking at past event history and everything. But it's a shot maker's golf course. It's a kind of a second shot and a putting type event. And uh, it'll be kind of interesting, especially with all the past event history. And the other thing is it's kind of like an invitational. Only 121 golfers, T65 and ties. So over half the field makes it to the weekend. So six to six should be fun come Friday afternoon. Uh, Jesse, what, what kind of stats are you looking at this week? Well, uh, plenty of course history, obviously. So wait that quite a bit. And then, you know, stroke scan approach. Um, I would wait birdie or better versus bogey avoidance. Uh, and, you know, check the weather because yeah. that might be a factor. It's Texas. You never know. It could be windier than hell. Yeah, it could, it could be a very interesting weather-wise, especially with it kind of warming up out here and warming up around the country. So it could be fun to watch that. And um, a lot of the, the past event history is going to be key in this one. It's not as much of a bomber's paradise, so that kind of helps bring a lot of guys into the field. Speaking of the field, let's talk a little fancier sports real quick. Use promo code ALWAYSPRESS to get your 20% off the package of your choice. Uh, last six events on courses that are par 70s, 7,200 to 7,400 yards. DK scoring-wise, Colin Marikawa leads the way followed by Justin Thomas, Scott Stallings, Justin Rose, Daniel Berger, and Jordan Spieth. Didn't think I'd see a Scott Stallings mention already this soon on the podcast. <laughs> um, last six events on just Texas courses, because we've had a lot of them lately, and the Texas narrative is always large. Uh, Kevin Na, Kevin Kisner checks the box there. Matt Kuchar, Justin Rose, Corey Connors, and Jordan Spieth. Um, when you do the last six events on Bent Grass Greens, Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, Ryan Palmer, Tony Fino, Sebastian Munoz. And last but not least, just the last at this golf course since 2015, since DraftKings has started. Um, Scoring-wise, you know, Rose has only played in three of them, but he's he's tops on the list. Uh, Jordan Spieth is second. Patrick Reed is third. I'm trying to get guys that played at least three or more events. Um, Kevin Na checks the boxes there. Corey Connors as well. So all different types of skill sets uh, are in play this week as we discussed. But let's get cracking on this one. DK picks coming up 10K and above. 
Jordan Spieth leads the way, Jesse, at 11-2. Thomas, 11,000. Morikawa, 10-5. Patrick Reed, 10-3. And Daniel Berger, 10,000. It's a very, very top-heavy field, it feels like. How are we looking at this one? Yeah, it's crazy to see uh, Spieth at uh, the highest price, is it not? Not yeah, you've, been, uh, you've been on Team Spieth. It was like six thousand well, dollars. I have, but you know, he was seventy five hundred at the Phoenix Open, which was yep. February seventh. Feels like forever ago. It does feel like forever <laughs> ago. Um, the golf season is so long, man. Anyways, I, I think it's worthy. You know, obviously he's won here. He's got uh, top ten finishes in five of his last six starts at this golf course. Uh, Two thousand eighteen, he finished thirty second. Otherwise, he's finished in the top ten. So. Plays well here, um, playing very well recently, too. I I thought he'd have more success last week. From what I heard, I haven't seen stats, looked at really a whole hell of a lot. His his putter wasn't working that great. A lot of lip outs. Yeah, that's what I was, uh, that's what I'd heard. So uh, I think that was in like in the early morning. They were talking about him, you know, he's going out and then if he could get his putter going. Anyways, long story short, Jordan Spieth, I'll play him. Now, JT playable, yes. I don't know that I will. Ten, you know, finished tenth here last year, coming off the miscuts, PJ Championship. Not put a whole lot of weight on that. Um, I don't know. It, it, to me, he hasn't been playing. Kind of, I don't know. He obviously he won the Players Championship, and since then, twenty first, thirteenth, twenty sixth. To me, it's just blah. And he could figure it out and win this week for sure. Win by ten, but you know, do I think he will? I don't know. I think Colin Morikawa will be super popular. Obviously, finished second here last week, eighth last, uh, or finished second here last year, eighth place last week, seventh at the Heritage. He's not missed a cut since the Shriners opened back in October. And then Berger is very playable too. Um, obviously, the defending champion made the cut at the PJ Championship. Was playing very well before that too. So. The guys that I'm really going to – like that I'll 100% for sure play Jordan Spieth, and then Morikawa would be my second pick. Yeah, we're kind of on the same page. I'm curious to see – like Morikawa, I I agree, will be popular. I'm curious on uh, Spieth as well because it's such a top-heavy field. Like there's guys down below we can make arguments for, of course, but it is a little interesting when you look at – the the lower owned options to go stars and scrubs type approach. Right, and and like you said, in the 65 and ties, 120-man field. Yep. You would think six and six would be elevated because of that, unless some major chalk just mix, misses. So, yep. The only way it's not going to be a lot of six and six is if, say, like a Spieth or a Morikawa or some guys are talking about in the nine K range missed the cut. Yeah, then it gets then it gets interesting. But right. you can take some deeper shots, is what we're trying to say. And uh, I think Spieth can be very popular, but I think a very good reason to be popular. I like Morikawa as well. But if you feel like playing the ownership game, I'm always in on Patrick Reed's seventh year last year, fifteenth in 2016. 17th of the PGA Championship, 6th at Wells Fargo. We know what Patty Reed can do, and if it turns into an issue where it's windy and you got to be able to scramble around the greens, not many better than Patrick Reed. So his issue is always just getting off the tee consistently, and with the tight fairways, that could become an issue, but he's fared well here before. So I think he's a nice pivot, but, yeah, it's Spieth and Morikawa for me as well. And I'm really, really liking Morikawa. Like, I liked him last week. He just fit, like, you talk about ball strikers and approach game. Like, it's this is what he does. But then again, if I feel that way, why am I not on Justin Thomas? So right. wrap wrap your head around that because literally he did everything right last week. He's just kind of he was basically average on all strokes gain categories, and he missed the cut on the number. Like it's we could have seen him do something crazy if he has like just clicked a little bit in one section. So you never know what JT. I'm not worried about him at all. Like you said, if you want to play JT, there's no problem with that either. 
Uh, 9K range, though, you got Willie Z at 99. I'm real curious to see how popular he is because this seems like a Willie Z type week for uh, the the masses to pop uh, to to attack. Basically, uh, answer at 97. Finau 96. Scheffler 95. Connors 94. Neiman 93. Woodland 92. Sungjae 91. Kokrak 9000. Jesse, I like. I almost wrote down every name in this range. This is really, really tilting to me because I'm about to <laughs> narrow it down. So where are you sitting? Yeah, it's loaded. There's plenty of names. Obviously, Zalatoris. I just, I still wonder about the burnout for him, man. Um, I mean, he play, he's playing every week. He's the new Sung Jay, right? Yep. Uh, eighth place at the PGA Championship. Though. I mean, obviously, it's not wearing him out right. too much. Um, so I think he's playable. I think answer will be super popular. Mm-hmm. Had a very good Sunday round. Shot sixty five on Sunday. Finished eighth. Uh, three straight top tens for him. Yep. Texas narrative. Three straight cuts made here at this. You know, at, at Colonial. Um, fourth, fourteenth last last year was his best finish. Be, I think it'll be super popular. Scotty Scheffler super popular because of Texas. Corey Connors uh, playing very well. Um, I mean, I saw a stat where he's like. His ball striking numbers are just absurd. Um, anyways, I, I like him too. Neiman's playable. Gary Woodland, all of a sudden, he figured it out, I guess. Uh, ninth place here last year. Uh, he was in the mix until he shot 77 on Sunday. Uh, finished 38th PJ Championship and then Kokrak. Uh, so if I'm going to narrow it down, um, you know, I, I just, I, I have half a mind to just eat the answer chalk. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Will Zalatoris is playable. And then, you know, I like Kokrak at the bottom down there. I think he'll kind of go overlooked with all these other guys up top. Yeah, the answer chalk seems like something I'm going to have to eat. I love Corey Connors, too, because you're talking ball striking, but he's going to be chalky as well. So it's like how much chalk we can eat with Spieth and Morikawa and answer and Connors. It's like, damn, I can't eat it at all. But um, I, I love answer this week. He's one I will most likely eat. And Connors, if – Something changes. I, I'm going to want some Connors for sure because, like you mentioned, the stats of his ball striking are ridiculous. So I'm a big fan there. But I think the way to get interesting is, you know, Scotty Scheffler, Texas narrative, finished 55th here last year. He had the quietest eighth place finish ever. I don't think I saw him on TV one time. One or, once. Yeah, he was on. He was on one time Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even realize he was in the top ten. I literally did not until I started making my notes for this. I was thinking, like, literally during the day, I'm like, okay, it's Texas. We got some Texas boys. I wonder if Scotty's playing this week. Like, get start making my notes. I'm like, what in the world? That that broadcast was like, um, if Phil like they love showing Phil no matter what, what no matter what happens, right? Just yeah. Phil making the weekend, and then it was like on steroids because obviously he's winning the tournament. It was just insane. Like, just don't show anybody else ever. Fuck it. Yeah. It's pretty rough, but I, I think uh, Scheffler, if he's low owned, could be very nice. And then Sungjae could be a nice pivot too. You know, we talk ball striking, quietly still playing good golf. Like you can make arguments for this whole range. I love Fino, um, but Answer and Connors are the ones I want the most. But could definitely see myself pivoting to like a Scheffler. A uh, Coke rack should be low owned, like you mentioned. I don't think I can get back on Woodland just yet. I still need to see that a little more often from him. Eight uh, K range. We got Justin Rose at eighty nine, Horschel at eighty eight, Hoffman eighty seven. Palmer 86, Mickelson 86 or 85, Na 84, Streeland 83, Wallace 82, Tringali 81, Brian Harmon 8,000. Got some nice looks here too. Jesse, who you liking? Yeah, there's plenty here. Um, Billy Horschel at 88, 38th, 19th, 34th in his last three starts here. Uh, four straight made cuts, two straight top 25s for him. Uh, so 8,800 like him. Charlie Hoffman, Texas narrative. Uh, he missed the cut here last year, but before that had made 
a shit ton of cuts in a row, like six. He's actually been playing very well. Three, four straight top twenties for Charlie Hoffman, including the seventeenth place at the, at the at the at the PGA Championship. So playing really good golf right now. Um, like him quite a bit, eighty seven hundred. Kevin Nall doesn't not rate out very well on the model, but he just tends to play well here. Um, you know, miscut last year, but that was you know, coming off COVID or whatever. Kind of give guys a little bit of slack there. First, fourth, and his two starts before that at this uh, at at this Charles Schwab event, whatever the fuck you want to call it, Colonial in Texas, whatever it is. Now, is is form coming in? Miscut, twenty ninth, miscut, twelfth, WD. I mean, he's he's up and down. I would not put him in a cash game. I think he's very GBP live. Matt Wallace at eighty two hundred. Um, he did miss the cut here last year, uh, but has been just been playing very solid golf as of you know of, of late. He, he made the cut to PJ Championship, finished fifty fifth, sixth at the Wells Fargo, eighteenth the Heritage. So playing well um, there. So those are the guys that I'll be focusing on in this range. Yeah, I got Hoffman down. I think he's very very intriguing Texas narrative and played really really good golf right now. Like that missed cut he had. He wasn't playing good golf then. Like he's playing much, much better golf here. So I'm on uh, that train with you. I think Nas is very intriguing. I love Matt Wallace this week. I loved him last week. He had a couple hiccups. He actually played pretty decent golf overall. Just a couple of hiccups late in the week kind of burned things there. But I, I do like some Matty Wallace as well. Um, what's your thoughts on Justin Rose at 8900 bucks? So we're getting to a, a steep yeah. price on him. You know, if he's at if he's at 7500 or even 8000 maybe I. I would uh, consider it a lot more. Obviously, he's played very well around here. Um, I'm with you, like kind of like with Woodland. I'm not fully on board. I think the thing with Rose, at least we've seen him do it a little more often, I guess. If you're eating some of the chalk up top, Rose is likely to become low-owned again, and you have a guy that does have win equity, and, of course, he's played very well at. So in a tournament, if you want to bite the Rose button there, like I wouldn't use him in cash, but if you want to bite it there, I could see the appeal to it. And uh, that's kind of the angle because he should come in at least sub 10% where you're, you're going probably 20 plus percent on some of those other guys we mentioned earlier. So something to think about with Rosie there. The last guy I like a lot in this range because I seem like I always like this guy, but Brian Harmon's made at least five straight cuts here, 23rd last go around. Missed the cut at the PGA, whatever. 18th at the Wells Fargo, 13th at the RBC Heritage, 12th at the Masters, 5th at the uh, the match play. Like the dude's playing some outstanding golf. So Harmon at 8,000, of course, her bombing's not required. He can play his shots off the tee in his approach game and on the dog legs. Really, really fits him well. So Harmon at 8,000, the guy I like quite a bit. Uh, 75 to $7,900, who you like in there, Jesse? Start up top with Sneds. Um, I'm only go back to 2011, but I don't show him missing a cut since then. Do you have anything prior to 2011? Nothing prior to, no. Uh, 17th and 11th in his last two starts. He didn't play the uh, PGA Championship, but that was the Byron Nelson, which was obviously in Texas, Valspar. Um, which was not, but either way, playing good. Matt Jones, 7,800, 38th miscut, 63rd miscut in his last four starts. I mean, he's just on and off or as far as the miscuts making the cut at this golf course goes. But since his win at the Honda Classic, you know, he's backed it up 26th, 37th, 30th uh, in those three starts, including that, you know, 30th place finish at the PJ Championship where he was one of the Aussies who made the cut and the rest of them have except for Cam Smith missed it. We can talk about Leishman and yeah. Adam Scott. Ed Leishman and X and one other guy, um, Brian Harmon. They all just trunk slammed in the last hole. No. Well, that was fun. It's good to know. Ian Poulter um, at 77. 
you know, he, he, he had some flashes last week. He was kind of around finished 30th, um, has played well here in the past. When, and, and when I say play well, he's made a shit ton of cuts. He missed the cut in 2016. But other than that, 29th, 70th, 5th, 76th, 8th, 15th. I mean, he's, he's played well at this golf course before. So I think he's okay. And then at 7,500, a couple guys, Cam Davis, I was very surprised to see that he played well and made the yeah. cut last week when all the other guys didn't, uh, who are kind of, what, what would I consider? I mean, he shot 69, 78 and still made the cut the first two days. Anyways, Cam Davis, um, he has missed his only start here as, as far as the cut goes, but I think he's uh GBP viable and Peter, you lie, man, 7,500. I'm back yeah. on my dude, 14th, 13th in his last two starts at colonial. His last time out to Byron Nelson, he missed the cut. I think that was when the cut was like, I don't remember what it was, but he didn't play terrible 70, 71. So it's not like he was way off there. So yeah. I like you line quite a bit. Byron Nelson was like what, five under par to get through the weekend or some it crap like been. that. Yeah. I, all of them are starting to run together now at this point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, there's a lot to like here. I think Grillo is very interesting. If we're talking about a guy or Grillo, we're talking about a guy that uh great ball striker. It's always can he putt. Missed the cut here last year, but 19th, 3rd, 24th in his last three years prior to that. Coming out with the 38th last weekend and a 14th at Wells Fargo. I think Grio at 7,900 is a nice uh, nice option for you here. I do like Matt Jones at 78. I like Poulter at 77 for the reasons you mentioned. And then Chris Kirk at $7,600, 60th last year, 11th, um, 67th, 15th. He's obviously uh, won here before coming in with back-to-back missed cuts, but prior to that was playing really good golf. 7th, 6th, 25th, 48th. So maybe coming back to a course that he's done very well, it could be very beneficial for him. And then another guy coming off a missed cut last week, but then 17th at the Byron Nelson, 18th at the Heritage. I'm intrigued by Cooch at 7600 bucks. I haven't been on him in a while, but he keeps getting lower and lower owned each week. And he's he kind of – he checks the box of a guy. I missed cut here in 2020, but played really well here prior to that. So Cooch at 76, if you're a past event history guy. He could be quite like – him and Kirk, guys that are coming in with kind of wishy-washy form, but really good past event history, could be quite interesting. I don't disagree. Uh, 7000 to 7400 bucks. who you like in here? Uh, Neesmith at $7,300. Um, you know, just from a stats perspective, he's hitting it pretty well and hasn't missed a cut since the Players' Championship back in March. Kevin Kisner, so here we go, 7200 bucks. Yeah. Um, past winner here, 2017, he won this event and you know, he's missed two cuts out of what, seven since 2014 at this event. So been a pretty steady event for him and pretty good, but I, I, I went back to 2018 and I don't have him missing more than two cuts in a row. Yeah. Funky. He's missed five straight cuts. Um, and I don't feel like he's been really close, uh, since, but I, I also feel like, Kevin Kisner of all people, like he could miss five straight cuts and then come out and win. Yeah. So, and at 7,200 bucks, I, I feel like that's, it's just, we're getting a little bit in the little bit of low territory there for him. So uh, I will play him uh, Vegas at 7,100, um, three straight made cuts at this particular tournament coming off the uh, ninth place finish at the Byron Nelson and uh, has made three straight cuts on tour. So I think he's fine at 7,100. Yeah, um, I like the kids' comment because a, I think he's just too cheap for his talent level, and you got he's going to figure it out, right? He's going to figure it out, and it's a short course that takes bombers out of the way. That stuff that brings brings Kisner right to the pack. We know he doesn't like these courses that are big for him, 
there's no chance last week was going to go well for Kevin Kisner. Wells Fargo's a long course that you know is going to be wishy washy depending on things for him. He's he's now at a course where on paper suits his game very very well. Now who knows where his game's at? Obviously not looking great, but at his price point, like if he figures it out, you would not be shocked if you see him top ten by the end of this week. So at seventy two hundred dollars, I'm one hundred percent on board with you there, and hopefully comes in low owned because of the uh, the mess of late. I think Jill Dahman at seventy four. If we're talking about a guy that doesn't need distance as much, but accuracy is key. Nineteenth here last year, miscut at twentieth. So when he plays well here, he finishes well. I like him at that price point. Taylor Gooch at seventy three, another guy that's played pretty well at this event. Twenty third here last year, um, or no, forty third at twenty. Made two straight cuts and three straight cuts on tour. Forty fourth last week. Uh, so Gooch at seventy three is in play. Um, Doug Gim has been so bad, but he's kind of like the Kisner bucket for me. Kisner's better than Gim for me. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but it's just Gim's got that same thing because putting's horrible, but ball striking is usually pretty good. Can you figure it out? Who knows? Problem is he's always chalky because of Pat Mayo, so that kind of ruins it. But seventy two hundred dollars is getting cheap, so someone to keep in mind. And the last two I have down here, and I, I'm going to kind of mix and match a lot of guys down here to somewhat stars and scrubs without getting too scrubby. But uh, Pat Perez, forty ninth withdraw, forty second last three years here. But coming on with three straight made cuts, 39th, 26th, 29th at the Nelson, Fargo, and Valspar Championship. So uh, Flatbill is starting to maybe come back into form at $7,100. You mentioned Vegas. Love, he, he plays great in Texas. So I'm on board with you there. And then Sabatini as well, 14th, 6th, and 20th the last three years here, 26th at the Byron Nelson. So a couple guys down below that you can uh, have some fun with for sure. 6K range, what you like in here? I mean, start up top at 69 with Champ. Sixty nine hundred bucks for Cameron Champ, same same type of situation or similar to to Kevin because I just feel like we're getting a little bit too cheap here. He's made the cut in his two appearances here, fourteenth and fifty eighth. Um, been up and down all around. You know, shot eighty two seventy seven. I was so so happy to get him. I was so happy to get him at like some two percent ownership. Yeah, and I was like gloating about it after lock. He shoots eighty two. That was really fun. Uh, so I mean, I, you know, in a GBP at sixty nine hundred bucks, you know, Cameron Champ, I, I would take him over the rest of these guys around in this area. Um, and then there's a, a one guy down at sixty two. You got to know who I'm talking about. Yep, yep, yep. I'm, I'm hoping no one else knows it, but he's got to be mentioned on every show, right? I mean, we've been playing 6, him this whole time. Two hundred. What are we like doing? Was he sixty eight or sixty nine at least last 7, time? Seven thousand last last yeah. last time out to Byron I, Nelson. I saw sixty two. I'm like, thought it was a typo. They fucked up. Did they mean seventy um, two? <laughs> yeah, Vincent Whaley. Uh, he's made. He hasn't missed a cut since the Phoenix Open. Knock on wood. Um, they're, fit, they're decent finishes for his price point too. Yeah, twenty six, twenty six, twenty nine. Three straight top hurt. Top thirties. I am Irish. <laughs> Eastern Kentucky Irish. Um, but three straight top thirties for the guy, and we're going to put him down here. And I mean, like his worst finish since he's missed his cut was 50th, which is right after his missed cut. And then he yeah. starts 15th, 36th, 28th, 34th. What are we doing? I'll take a 50th at $6,200 right now. I just hope he's buried so low nobody pays attention because I feel like he'll be chalky. But at $6,200, I mean, you got to play him. I mean, like to me, he's almost cash game viable at that point. If you are digging down there, I would say yes. Like because he's. In a field where He's half the, the over, play down here. Well, and over half the field makes the cut. Like obviously it's golf, anything can happen. But my goodness, like he's yeah. playing better. Than, he's probably has he's coming in in better form than probably at least a third of this field. 
Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's like look at Kevin Kisner. He's seventy yeah. hundred bucks. Missed five straight cuts. Yeah, maybe maybe they should be flipping prices. I don't know. <laughs> but I know Kiss should never be sixty two. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's yes. like Jesus. Um so yeah, I had Whaley down here too. Like he should be over twenty percent owned, but he won't be because six K never is, especially sixty two hundred. But maybe that gets you more of your Morikawa Spieth combos or something. Who knows? Uh, it fits the mold real easily. I'll tell you that much. Uh, but I do like him quite a bit. Uh, McNeely is always interesting on a shorter golf course at sixty nine. If 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 it, it's not always a birdie fest here, but if birdies become gettable on these shorter wedge fest type things, McNeely at sixty nine is in play. Joseph Bramlett's actually playing really good golf at sixty seven hundred dollars. So I like him as a, as a punt. Uh, a couple others because I, like, I think stars and scrubs could be fun this week. Hubbard at sixty one's a birdie machine, so he's a guy to keep an eye on with a wedge fest. Um, and then RCB, um, shorter golf courses, you know, more precision, not bomber type golf courses. I'll keep an eye on RCB. Finished twenty third here last year, twenty first the Byron Nelson after a couple missed cuts. He's he's not playing great golf, but that's why he's priced at sixty four hundred dollars. So I think he's interesting in a tournament as well. Recapping things real quick, Jesse. 10K and above, who you got? Uh, Spieth. I'll give you Spieth. I'll take Morikawa. But it's it's. I'm really curious to see the ownership on Thursday morning when these things lock on those two. Um, 9K range, who's your guy? One. Okay, That's take tough. two. That's a loaded range. Take well, two. It, it's ridiculous. Take four. No. <laughs> <laughs> just get the whole range. Uh, yeah. so go ahead and put that down on paper. That I select the whole range of 9Ks. Uh, that way, when one of them wins, I can tout it on uh, Twitter. Uh, I'll say, just to be a little bit different, Zalatoris and Connors. Yeah, I'm going to go answer. And you, since you took Connors, I'll go answer and Scheffler to be a little different. Okay. But I think everybody gets the gist here. And lately, I've been doing a lot of three 9K guys and mixing and matching. I'll have to play around with this later. I wonder if you can do four with Whaley and see what the rest of the last pick is. That could be intriguing. Let's just say, let's say we go Scheffler, Connors. Answer. And, and answer. And Whaley. Yeah, this, that leaves 7,600. Oh, you could do that easily. That's ridiculous. Three, yeah. What's the fourth 9K guy? Can you, so could, so could we you... put, we'll put Kokrak in there. That drops you down to 62. And then you could put Hubbard in or Gillick. Or, it's, it's not impossible. Let's put it that no, way. No, it's not impossible at all. <laughs> It's I mean, not it's as actually attractive. decently comfortable putting three yeah. in there with Whaley. Yeah, because uh, if you can get two seven, like you could even do like an eight K guy and a mid six if you wanted. Like, yeah, that, that's gonna be fun to toy around with. Eight um, K range, who you got there? Uh, Hoffman. I like that. I'll go Matty Wallace. I'll stick with Wallace. Like Harmon's there too. Damn, I like that range as well. Um, seven seventy five hundred to seventy nine hundred dollars. Who you got? Uh, Sneds and Yulon. I'll go with um, Kirk and Grio. Uh, seven thousand to seventy four hundred. I'll say uh, Neesmith. I'm gonna go. I'll go Kisner. I'll plant the flag with Team Kiz. We'll go Team Kiz on this one, and then uh, I think we're both on board with Whaley. It's our top six K play. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm already looking forward to the text what? messages on Thursday afternoon or Friday morning. It's gonna be fun. One well, other guy that I I kind of somehow glossed over Maverick McNeely. He's, he's made two straight cuts here, 32nd, 42nd, his last two starts. He has missed straight two straight cuts on tour this year, but had a fourth place finish at the Heritage. I mean, I think he's very GP viable at 69. Yeah, he fits this course very well. McNeely and Bramlett, a couple other 6K options for you there. If you're starting a cash game, what are you starting with? Um, cash is going to be rough, but I think Connors, uh, probably Hoffman. And like I said, I think Whaley is borderline, but like he would let you do a lot of shit and 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, five Especially or six cash. might be okay this week. I don't know. Yeah. I had Connors, Harmon, and Kirk, but uh, pretty similar thoughts here. But then the GPPs are going to get fun this week. So who do you got starting a GPP out? Um, definitely like Spieth, uh, I think is in, in Uline. And then I would throw in somebody. Um, I mean, I, I hate to eat the chalk, but answer, man. And then well, just yeah. try to get different elsewhere. I wrote down Morikawa, answer, and Whaley. So I got two chalks, yeah. and then hopefully Whaley's not owned. And then compl- the, the beautiful thing is if you use Whaley, then you still have so much leverage to do whatever you want to avoid chalk. Right. So you have, like, I'm just scared that, like, a $6,200 chalk he plays. I just don't see him. I, I, I don't see him. I don't think he, he'll be over 10%. Yeah, because the it's name probably, is not known that well. I mean, I in it. I don't know. Have you listened 6, to? I, don't, I haven't listened to anybody obviously yet this no, week. I I yeah, nothing yet for me either. Not, nothing DFS wise. No. It depends on if you know somebody like uh, Mayo catches on or something. We'll see. They probably. I don't, I don't know if he's been on him in the in past weeks or not, but yeah, we'll see. At, at worst, like most guys don't go down to sixty two hundred bucks more than right. like four to five percent anyway. So no, no, no. I mean, it's like max usually five. Yeah. And that's probably a big name at sixty nine hundred. He's yeah. buried at sixty two, so could be fun. I can't wait could for this game so terribly. I know. Are we talking about him? It's like, oh, this is gonna be freaking horrible. But <laughs> it'll be okay. Lots, lots of other things going on on the weekend. Um, who you got winning this thing? I don't know why I pulled up the baseball odds, but I'll pull up golf right now. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't be. There we betting go. Vincent Whaley. Yeah, what's his odds at? Let me see. Know. I'm just going to the bottom here. Five hundred to one. <laughs> Put a T twenty on that. That's why he's at sixty two hundred on DraftKings. Oh man, same prices. Same prices. Robbie Shelton and Jing Zhang and Hudson Swafford. Eric Compton is a thousand to one. Jesus, hey, there's some wild names down there at the bottom. Uh, one in this. I think Connors at twenty five is interesting. Um, you know, you could look at somebody like Kokrak at forty. You want to know why Harmon's mispriced on DK? He's thirty-three to one here. He's eight K on DK. Yeah, that's that's a significant difference in odds there for sure. Interesting. Um, and then you know Kevin Noss, sixty-six past winner. Not bad. Not bad yeah. at all. Um, a few others. You know, if you want to have some fun here, long shot wise, you know, Kiz is a hundred to one. Man, that's I don't think he's going to win, but that's a steep, steep tag for Kiz. When we talk about him, it's going to be a fun Friday as well. Hundred um, percent. Like that's worth throwing a couple bucks on in a hundred to one. At Kevin least a, you can get good T twenty odds on a guy like that, and he can easily do that. Yeah. So that that's fun. Like Grio at fifty. I don't know if he wins, but Wallace at fifty. I think Wallace is due for a win here eventually. I do too. I think Wallace at fifty is a fun one on this field. So I think that'd be my longest shot here. But like in reality, even Kawa at fourteen or uh, Reed at twenty two, like those aren't horrible numbers. Fino at twenty two. So have some fun with it. See where it all goes. It'll be a fun week at the Charles Schwab. We're three weeks away from Tory Pines in the U.S. Open, so that'll be a doozy. Uh, any final thoughts, Jesse? I don't, man. Watch the weather, and good luck. Yeah, come join us on the Slack chat if you have any questions. It's free. All the goodies there. If you did watch this on YouTube, if you'd like to like and share, we'd appreciate that as well. And give a rating and review on the podcast on iTunes. It would help a ton. You can find the podcast on Twitter at AlwaysPressDFS. Jesse is at DFS Golf Gods. I am at BD Intric, and we'll catch you guys next week. I'm to the morning with dreams No longer anybody ever wonder